This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And this hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And our goal is to provide our listeners with real facts and real stats about our local market. You wouldn't want to go into a game, if they were ever going to be played again, without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate's no different. We will provide you with that information to help you make a well-prepared game plan so you'll be a winner in real estate. Now, I got to tell you that I plagiarized a little bit on the real facts and the real stats. I use that all the time. I actually stole that from a good friend of mine, Andy Nazaroff. Andy is on the show today. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. You didn't plagiarize it. You, you gave it to me, it right? Together. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. A couple years ago, Don. Yeah, 12. <laughs> uh, okay, Andy Nazaroff is uh, part of the Nazaroff team with, uh, that's brokered by EXP. And you're also a real estate coach. Tell, um, tell us about that coach thing. Yeah, so I have been in a, a client in the coaching industry with Tom Ferry for right at about 12 years. And uh, just under three years ago, uh, Tom Ferry asked me if I would consider coaching uh, his clients with him. And uh, today I coach about 15 teams and businesses across the country. Excellent. Now, we also have on the line Jason Ferris, of, uh, also um, of the Fresh Yes Realty Group. And good good morning, Jason. Hey, good morning, Don. How are you? Doing well. And now Jason's another longtime friend. I remember when you first got started in the business, um, we worked together for a while, and you had come from the bounce house industry, right? <laughs> Uh, you didn't yes. know I was going to say that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'll get you back for that one. <laughs> but yes, before before uh, real estate, I owned a. Uh, I, I like to class it up a little bit, Don, and say an interactive game company. Ah, you know. So did we have bounce houses? Yes. Did we have cool rock climbing walls? Absolutely, we had that too. <laughs> okay. It, it was a good foundation for your real estate skills, right? Well, it was as far as, you know, interacting with people every day. Okay. I was, I, you know, after I said that, I thought, you know, there's a more serious side to that question. So I was going to ask you, what skills did you learn from another industry that applies to real estate? You know, that's a good question. I've always felt the best real estate agents come from service industries. Um, waiters or waitresses at restaurants would be a good example. Um, they have to listen to people intently, you know, understand what it is they're wanting, um, what it is that they like. Same thing for, you know, the industry, I, which I originally, my first jobs were in the restaurant industry. Um, but the interactive game industry, I often dealt with, you know, mothers and dads, part of parent-teacher associations or um, ministers at churches or business owners who are throwing a company party. You have to listen to their needs. 
uh, and then, of course, deliver. And it has to happen, you know, on the day of the party. The day of the party is the day of the party. The next day is too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of customer service skills. And, of course, the, when you're working for yourself, it, it requires uh, the ability to market well. And I believe Andy came from the, the service industry, too, right? I did work in restaurant business in college, but my, I think the, the real job or work that shaped me uh, was growing up on the farm and uh, out in Kerman and just having that, you know, that you had to have a real strong work ethic. There was no clocking in, clocking out. It was sun up to sundown. And that today especially is a lot of what we're going through in our, in our real estate careers, a lot mm-hmm. of work ethic. So what Jason mentioned about listening is a little bit different the last few weeks than it was previously. We used to be able to, to see somebody in person, listen to them. You get their facial expressions, the, the shrug of the shoulder. Um, you could see that stuff. What's listening like today with this coronavirus pandemic? And by the way, I want to say this. Andy brought up a good question when we were preparing this yesterday. He said, um, what can we say that's different than what's already been on the week before and the week before? And that was a good answer. And that is that things are changing so fast that each week it's been different. In fact, last Saturday morning, real estate in the state of California was not considered an essential business. Saturday night, we got notice that the governor uh, had made us um, an essential financial service with some restrictions. So that's how fast things are changing. So to get back to that question, um, you know, why, what can we say that's different? Well, timing is different. Our guests are different. and I don't mean that in a bad way, Andy and Jason, that you guys are different, but you are. Um, what, what's, how are you guys conducting business the past few days? Andy, you want to yeah. chime in first? Let's, let's start with Andy. You're the older one. Wow. <laughs> just to be clear, I'm not, but Jason just looks younger. Some would say that that, uh, realtors are adapting by working remotely, but, you know, in our businesses, and I think Jason and I could say this the same, we've been using the technology to support a market like this for years, you know, from online forms, digital signatures, uh, virtual tours, videography, the consumers leveraging those things that we've been putting out. And maybe, maybe the difference is a lot for the, the buyer of homes and having to adapt to, you know, really rely on some of that online communication, online presentation of properties, doing a drive-by, but not necessarily being able to go and do the perusing through open houses like they have in the past. Yeah, open houses came to a screeching halt. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that's a really good point. We already had these, uh, we already had a lot of the technology. We've already been using them, but now we have to hone those skills. Yep. Yeah. And then get the, 
our future home buyers, right, getting them accustomed to using the technology that we've been familiar with, frankly, for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I'll use the example of, uh, let's go back six months ago, a year ago, if I saw a new listing pop up and there was 35 pictures on there, I I could pretty much, knowing that I'm going to go see the house, I could click through those 35 pictures in less than a minute because I had that quick eye, right? Now I've had to slow it down and look for more detail because um, you do want to go through the process of elimination a little more so than previously. Previously, you wouldn't eliminate until you actually saw the home in person. Yeah, I think that's that's really putting a demand on an increase, like not just relying on one form of media to present the property. You can't you can't get away right now with just having photos because, you know, inside of a 10 by eight bedroom, you can't see the whole room. And so having to depend on videography and 3D tours is uh is a, is a need now more than ever mm-hmm. um, and i think the buyer is demand that you know maybe the other thing that that's happening in the market that i'm seeing is there is a real separation happening between the agents that have been using this technology and are comfortable with them and the ones that aren't hey i'm catching up well i'm not pointing fingers at you if i was you couldn't see me anyways <laughs> all right <laughs> Um, you didn't talk about how we're practicing this real separation today. Okay. Why, why don't you yeah. tell us, Andy? <laughs> you know, Jason Jason doesn't have a mask on. I don't have a mask on, and neither do you, because we're all remote. We're all calling in and having this conversation over radio by practicing this at least six feet. Right. So to our listeners, if we stumble a little bit, it's because I don't have the, that nonverbal communication. You know, sometimes I can look at the guest and they have a puzzled look on their face. So I know I didn't ask the question just right. So I'm going to have to hone my listening skills a little better today to adapt to this. And I'm not going to call it the new normal. I'm not throwing it in yet. But, um, hey, uh, at least it's an opportunity to learn. Jason, what what? types of um, marketing do you do on your listing that w- is would be considered beneficial in today's pandemic market? You know, <clears throat> it didn't occur to me, Don, until actually last night, someone, uh, a past client of mine called me and she said, I'm thinking about selling my home, one of her rental properties. We had a conversation about what was best for her um, and her family today. Um, her question really was, should I put it on now or should I wait until things settle down a little bit and we can reserve, you know, resume our past practices. Um, and, but in that conversation, um, what she brought up to me, she was going to have always loved how you describe neighborhoods and really give people a sense of, where they're moving into, what it's like to live on a particular street or what it's like to live in a particular neighborhood. I pride myself in, in, in doing that for years. 
you know, telling the stories of the people, the places, the lifestyle of Fresno. But specifically, I think this is an opportunity for all realtors in our town, in, in the state, and across the country to start focusing in on what is it like to live in a particular neighborhood. Are there streets? I'm um, not streets, sorry. <laughs> of course, there's streets, right? Um, but are there other sidewalks, right? Or we live in a county island where there's you're walking in the street. Um, is it a two-minute walk to uh, to a local coffee shop or to a place of worship? Um, so telling people what it's like to live in a neighborhood now, I think, is more important than ever. All right, that's an excellent point. And um, so as we write our marketing remarks for our listings, as we do uh, pictures, videos, virtual tours, we have to hone our skills. And when we get back from our next, our first commercial break, we'll talk more about that. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And today I have two coaches on the, on the show. That'd be Jason Ferris, who's a real estate training coach, and also Andy Nazaroff, who is also a real estate training coach. So was that music apropos? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, um, I, but I think the... The worst part of this whole pandemic for the three of us is that we're missing baseball. Um, little known fact, Amen. I mean, besides Jason being a bounce house entrepreneur in his previous life, he currently is still an Oakland A's fan. How, how do you manage that one, Jason? <laughs> it's not always easy, but last year it wasn't a bad experience. This year, if we were playing, we'd already be four or five wins and no losses. So, you know, right? It's rough. It's rough. I, 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 you know, you have context around certain times in your life, and for me, with spring, the the, the home selling market, people are putting their homes on the market. We're helping them, helping buyers. Like we're doing all these things. Uh, I also associate it with baseball because I'll listen to baseball games on the way to appointments. So for me, I feel really out of whack right now. Right. And <clears throat> Andy Nazaroff, you're a diehard Giants fan. So uh, what are you thinking about the season being suspended so far? Yeah, so I, I actually felt like earlier in the season, as much as I love my Giants, I felt like they must have known the season was going to get put on hold because when it when it got canceled or suspended, they all said thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. Hey, our board operator Bobby's a Giants fan too, and um, I, I don't think he liked that last comment. I'm not knocking on the Giants. I'm a Giants fan. I'm just saying the truth. It was not a good start. Yeah. Well, the good thing is every team is still in first place. Yeah. Indeed. I did. I did see a, a Dodger hat this last week that I want to get one for you. It is the the L.A. was upside down, so I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, Andy, uh, if you get me that hat, I'll just wear the hat upside down, and that'll make everything right. You'll stand on your head. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let's get back to talking about the market, the real estate market. Um, last week, the the state of California deemed us uh, financially an essential business. What has that change done for our personal business? How about let me let me ask Jason first. How is it? What's that changed? Well, I, I'm going to say not much, Don. I, I think that, um, well, just another talking point. Let me say that. It's another talking point. You, you spoke to it earlier on this uh, program that information is changing so quickly. Um, and so whether they deem us essential or non-essential and you know, and hopefully we remain essential. I'd like to believe that home ownership is. Um, it just, it's another talking point. And I think having that conversation and not running from it is important today. Um, homeowners are concerned as far as when they should be selling. You know, should they be going on the market now? Should they be waiting in spring? I think it's an individual decision, by the way. But it's another talking point. And, and so people say, what does it mean to be essential? What does it mean to be non-essential? Um, maybe less fines for us. I, I'm not I'm not sure about that. But another talking point, I think, is really all it's been in, in the last week since we've been deemed essential. Andy, what's your take on that? You know, I'm not I'm with Jason. I'm not sure going from unclear, which is really what a lot of people felt like it was until clarifying that we were, we are essential, you know, city of Fresno said we were essential state of California didn't. And yet new home construction was still essential. And so having that clarity, I think maybe cleared the conscience of a a lot of people in the business. Um, But what's interesting is as I'm listening to your question, it's, it's more about the shelter in places still happening. So whether we have the permission to be able to go with, you know, safety first and really strong adherence to the CDC recommendations, um, you know, realtors are still having to adapt to working remotely. And I think that's the interesting piece here. It's, it's easy to feel, you know, we're, we're alongside a lot of other people that are not able to go into the office Um, so they're probably feeling or struggling with feeling overwhelmed and unmotivated to put in the work. They might be, you know, not having a morning routine and not waking up at a certain time and getting to the office and maybe even dressing up for the office. Um, yet the ones, the realtors that I work with, the realtors that I coach that are increasing their communication and just humanizing the circumstances with their friends, with their past clients, they're discovering that doing just that motivates them to break the lethargy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beautiful part about it. This, this circumstances is forcing us to connect in ways that our busy lifestyles weren't. Uh, I've been asking agents across the country that I coach, how many of you received a phone call from someone that's your vendor, from someone that has you in their database? And without fail, the answer is either zero or very, very few. Yet most people that are, you know, they're isolated, disconnected, they're maybe hiding behind a screen of social media and not connecting like they would normally connect outside of shelter in place. I think the best thing we could be doing is as realtors to serve them 
is just reaching out and saying, how are you? How are you adapting? What are you doing for fun? How are you dealing with the kids? You know, yesterday, I, because I have a little more time on my hands now, I called my old home inspector who retired uh, probably 10, 12 years ago, and just to see how he was doing. And we talked, had a great conversation. Um, I think in my busy life, I never would have had the time to, to call, but I'm so glad I did because it made me realize how I love his commentary. He, he uh, in a previous life, he used to be a high school football coach, not coach, uh, referee. And then a baseball umpire. I love his commentary because everything's black or white. There's no gray. You know, the the uh, the faucet was either broke or it was fine. <laughs> there was no in between. I, I just love that. And I got to experience that again because uh, I'm looking at the good parts to this uh, pandemic. And you both have spoken to something that's absolutely happening. We are. Um, connecting with each other and more frequently now than we ever have. Um, my staff, you know, uh, at the office, it's, it's been amazing to watch them come together. I thought we were close as it was, but now we are constantly on Zoom and on different platforms together and we're sharing our, our, our concerns and then we're celebrating our wins more frequently than we ever did. And we are connecting with family and friends. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of good that's, I think, going to come out of all this at the, at the end of the day. So, Jason, you yeah. mentioned Zoom. How else, besides Zoom, how else are we communicating with our clients and our, our teams, our people, so that we can be relevant during this period? Well, Zoom is a platform, right, um, a video conferencing platform that more people are becoming familiar with. But I think this is really opening up an opportunity for those people who weren't comfortable on video to get on video. Um, teachers, students, uh, moms, dads, uh, because as human beings, we need that physical contact, right? And you mentioned earlier about um, not being able to see the two of us to see maybe when we're like, what are you talking about, Don? Um, and, and so, We've been craving that, right, for weeks now from, from, from each other as a society. And so now we're sending video emails to people instead of the text message. We're actually picking up the phone and calling people because we want to hear a voice instead of text messaging. It'd be interesting to see, you know, statistically, if text messaging has gone down to, from all of this and maybe actually phone calls where you can hear somebody's tone uh, has picked up. That would be a very interesting statistic to hear. By the way, later on in the show, we are going to do some statistics, and I'll be getting the take from these two guys. Uh, uh, and I think that on the real estate statistics, there's some surprising numbers over the past month. But with that, let me get back to your point, Jason. Um, or, or maybe if I could ask Andy that same question. What else are you doing to communicate with your people? Yeah, I don't know that I'm doing anything different than Jason described. I think, um, you know, the emphasis on personalizing or humanizing the communication is, is super high. 
Um, I think I was listening to you, Jason, and, and I was I was laughing about maybe one of the byproducts of all of this increase in technology that we're using to communicate instead of good old-fashioned body language face-to-face is, is that uh, we're more tolerant of Internet speed issues right now. You know, how many times has Zoom slowed things down and I've got, you know, the best broadband I can possibly get at the home office and yet it's struggling. I'm like, well, maybe it's because the three kids are on games or their phones or, you know, it's less like pointing the finger at the uh, Internet service provider and more it's just circumstances because everybody and their mother is online right now. Yeah. Hey, how are your kids, Andy? I, I remember um, how they used to walk around saying, "Hi, I'm on. I'm on Welcome Home Radio." Yeah, so they're great. Sixteen, fourteen, and thirteen now, Don. I've got a driver. Whoa! You know, you, this show has kind of participated in my kids growing up. Ten years ago, when they did the first breaking through the. Coming out of commercial break, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio, and they would practice that. And Audrey used to listen to the CDs of the show. Tells you how long we've been doing this. Hey, we even have eight tracks on this show from this show. You do not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I still have some eight tracks at home. Sure, you do. That was the good old days. Andy, Andy, do you know what an eight track is? I do, but I never had one. Never had a player. Never had a car with an eight-track player. No, I didn't either. I didn't have a car with one either. But my mother did, and and I remember. Uh, I think it was the Bee Gees, right, or Saturday Night Live. I remember those eight tracks in her Camaro. Wow. Yeah. Does that not show how technol how technology has changed and changed us? And we're okay. And as we go to this commercial break, I want to bring out a point. I don't think my life could have changed more than it has in the last um, three weeks. I've done a 179 degree change in in lifestyle, and yet I'm okay. How about you guys? Well, I could say, Jason, you look good from here, Don. All right. Some things will never change. And with that, we're going to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here helping us out today, we have Andy Nazaroff of the Nazaroff team uh, powered by EXP. And we also have Jason Ferris, um, the broker of Fres Yes Realty Group. Uh, thank you for helping us out. Previously, we mentioned about we're having to improve our listening skills. So I intently listened to the commercials. And when I heard the DeChico's commercial and the fresh pasta, I started salivating. I know what I'm having for lunch now. So, um, you know, previously I may not have really been listening to the commercials like I could have. So um, problem is I can't join you. You guys can't join me over there. So we'll have to keep our social distancing. 
Well, no one will be there to tell on you on how many of those calzones you have. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's talk about sellers. Uh, Let's say a seller needs to get their home on the market. What should they expect today that's different than a month ago? And let me start off by asking Andy that question. Yeah, I I would, if I could, Don, reframe the question. If I were a seller today, here's what I would do. I would really make sure that when you are picking the right agent to sell your house, even the way that you're interviewing the agent has to change. Um, Number one, you've got to be, you know, most likely you're going to be over technology. You're going to be doing it via Zoom, probably not going to be doing it in the living room. Um, at least that's what's recommended. And, but number two, I think this is the more important piece is if I were you as a home seller, I would be looking for a demonstrated expertise with statistics, um, like analytics from the agent about their ability to market property online, their ability to have multi forms of media from the photography to the 3D tours to the videography, their ability to put that in multiple places across the internet, not just say we put it on the web, but then, and this is where I think that the catch is, and then for that agent's ability to show them, they can explain and discern through the analytics and what they mean. Because for a home seller today, they're not going to have the home marketed like they were in the past, and then a plethora of buyers come through the first open house. It's like almost anticlimactic. You have all this marketing that's getting ready and getting shot and recorded and the house is getting staged and it's ready to be shown. And then you don't have a line of people coming through. So now what? And that agent's ability to say, look, here's how many impressions, here's how many hits, here's how many people viewed the 3D tour. Here's how many agents inquired. And this is what's going on behind the scenes. That's going to give a seller today more peace of mind, that the choice they made in the agent was the right one. Jason, what do you have to say about that? Oh, I mean, he nailed it. I mean, that's that's really super important. Choosing the choosing the right agent um, has a different set. I think, honestly, I think it's always kind of been important for a seller to, you know, obviously get the right uh, agent, but to be looking at like analytics and numbers and are you going to reach the most amount of people? It's just now it is really, really essential that um, the seller choose the, the, the right agent um, in today's market. Um, and I think setting expectations, Andy kind of led into that a little bit, is setting the expectations with your seller as to what to expect once the property is on the market. Um, because a lot of people get um, a little nervous. You know, they don't know, maybe they've never sold a home before, or maybe the last time they sold the home, it was, you know, a, a different market. It was years ago. And they had a line of people out the door. And so now they're, like Andy said, they, they, they're not going to have a line out the door. Um, they may have a few showings in person, but most likely the showings are coming online. And so the right agent to sit down with the seller and say, hey, uh, here's how much traffic we got um, on this particular channel. Here's how much traffic we got. And here's a bounce rate. So we have a whole new language we're going to need to be able to um, utilize with sellers today. And so 
Um, I think in, in having empathy is important today, um, meeting the yeah. seller where they are and, and understanding that they may have concerns that they, they wouldn't normally have um, is important too. So it, it's really is more of a hand, a virtual hand-holding process now more than ever. Okay, excellent point. And I, I liked what you said about the analytics. Hey, even baseball has gone to analytics. Um, mm -hmm. But you still can't forget maybe that agent that you're interviewing has all the analytics, all the statistics. They still have to have the right intangibles, such as the right heart to help you out. Yeah. Uh, analytics without heart, eh, that's nothing. I still remember when the Dodgers traded Steve Sachs because his statistics had fallen. It's like, wait a minute, that guy is the heart and soul of the team. Um, he had, he had a clubhouse difference. I just really thought that was a bad move. And, um, that, and that's my point. That's a good, that's good. And, and, and understanding that not all agents, um, are going to be selling a lot of, we, we call it, um, well, how do I, how do I say it? But I, 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 I want to be careful here and just say, Don, you're right. Is that it's not just about the statistics. Um, it's also about like what the intent of, of the agent is and how much they care for you and your family. And are they really taking what you need in consideration versus maybe their own, their own needs right now? Yeah. You guys remember a realtor that used to be around named Mo Rana and, oh, yeah. uh, he had this Massachusetts drawl about him. I used to love the guy cause he, he didn't really, he was, older and semi-retired but he loved to come to the sales meetings loved to come to the the office and i remember him he'd open my door and go hey scudino what are you doing just sitting there get working <laughs> so even though he didn't sell anything he he had a great positive influence uh, um, on the other realtors and when yeah. he was harassing me to get working i knew he was doing that out of love and respect. He knew I was working. So I have a question for you, Don. Um, so you're that homeowner interviewing agents to sell. How would you look for heart? Hmm. That, oh, man, that's a good question because I could have answered you a month ago when you're doing an in-person right. in interview. Um you could see, well, no, you know what? If you're doing it, even with our new technology now, you can still look for heart. And that would be how well do they listen or do they just spew off analytics and statistics? Yeah. Listening is there. I would add, too, that that agent's reviews uh, and, and maybe personal recommendations would play a big part of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I And I like that question because you still have to look for heart or listen for heart <laughs> and, and the intangibles. Um, also, how much is that agent concerned about doing the best for their client as opposed to just getting a commission check next next month? Yeah. Yeah, that's an important thing that we don't talk about often, but 
Um, you know, there are agents right now who haven't sold a home in a really long period of time. And um, you have to be mindful as a seller that um, you're always hiring someone who's, and I'd, I'd love to believe that every one of our local realtors, you know, they, they always have our client first, but you need to be mindful of that, um, that um, they are there giving you good advice and in, you know, listening to your needs first, uh, more than ever right now. Great point, guys. How do you guys help when you're coaching somebody? And I'm assuming beginning of the year, you, you're coaching these realtors about goals. Should goals be reevaluated at this point? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we're, we're telling all of our clients, your goals and business plan for 2020, we're just going to set those aside for a while. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing right now to pivot in this market, it's going to be 30 days at a time. It could be two weeks at a time, but we're going to set aside, we're going to set up 30 day sprints of goals. Um, you know, really escalated a couple last a couple of weeks on communication. And now we're, we're pivoting even more um, with the strategies of, of our, our clients to, uh, for the next few weeks. So it 2020's business plan is out the door. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent out the door. And I can tell you, I've seen in my 44 year career, I've seen some big swings in the market. Um, you know, I, the 18% interest rates back in 1981 had a devastating effect on the, on the market. Uh, even in, I think it was in 91 or 92, we had kind of a subtle real estate recession. Um, And and I don't even remember the year because that was because you didn't see it happening. You only saw it in the rear view mirror. Then, of course, 9-11, the uh, housing market uh, crisis of 2008-9. And now this, I will say that Everybody learns, and Charles Darwin said about the survival of the fittest, um, the good will rise to the top. And I think part of being good is having the, the good heart. With that, we need to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And uh, on the line today, doing this a different way uh, with this COVID-19 pandemic, we're trying different things. We have Andy Nazaroff and Jason Ferris on the line, uh, both longtime realtors here in the Fresno area. Uh, I've known them both since they were Utes or just got into the business. And um, thanks for helping out today, guys. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. Okay, I want to throw some statistics out there that might just blow your mind. And I said this earlier in the show that they will be surprising because, you know, you've got vultures out there talking about, oh, the market's in a free fall. And really what they're doing is trying to sell a video conference or, or, or some webinar. Yeah. 
Um, but I did year to, year to year comparison, March 19 to March of 20. Uh, median price in March of 19 for solds was 277000 and this is for Fresno County. March of 20 was 279000 So it actually went up a modest amount of 2000 What's Andy, give me your take on that first. Don, I'm sorry. So maybe it's my, my connection. Say the number again, year over year. Um, March 2019 was 277000 March of mm-hmm. 20, it went to 279 It went up $2,000. Yeah. So I'm not surprised by it. Um, Fresno County stats, um, you know, our housing inventory is still low relative to demand. Not surprised. Actually, maybe let me take that back. I'm surprised it's not a little higher. Yeah. Interesting. Jason, what's your take on that? Well, that represents sold prices. So those solds are coming from contracts that were written in January and February. So um, it doesn't surprise me. In fact, I think I'm with Andy. I would expect almost a little bit higher of an increase. So, um, but certainly not crashing. Right. And are the number of solds will end up being about the same. Now, keep in mind, today is April the 4th. So there was only three reporting days in April to report the March. And normally, I do these stats on the 15th of the month. This way, you get all of it. And because we um, people have three business days to report their sales uh, to the MLS, uh, sometimes the, the sales come from an out-of-town escrow company, and so it's put in the mail. They don't. They may not even get it till the seventh. Um, so, but in March of 2019, there were 704 solds. So far, for uh, March of 20, we have 624. So it is down 80. But I think in the next next week, you're going to see that number equal out it'll be real close to the 700 yeah and solds were a year ago um in march we had a really slow start in january and february of last year um and so solds for march were a little off um and so i would say you know this is probably relatively flat year over year um we had a slower start in january of this year and then it picked up um, pendings uh, sold in January and February of this year were strong, but the pendings were a little bit weak coming out of December and January. Um, I, I, I'm ex- actually expecting the pendings to remain as strong as they are, maybe not as strong as they were going into summer of last year, considering COVID-19 shelter in place. But I think for the present circumstances, um, the statistic that you quoted, I looked at how much of our new inventory is being absorbed this was about a week or so ago, and 77% of our inventory that was coming on in March was going under contract. Interesting. That's a, that's a really staggering number. Normally, that number is between 45 and 55%. What, okay, Jason, why do you think that is? Why do I think, uh, you guys, I think we did get kind of a connection issue 
I only heard a couple of the stats that Andy pushed out there. So hit me with that again. So absorption rate, Jay, was, was way up in the first three weeks of March, meaning as new inventory was coming oh. on the market, a high percentage of it was going under contract. Yeah. that was So if everyone recalls, that was when our interest rate had really fallen. Uh, we got below 3%. And so I'm guessing if we pulled those up, that's when that was happening. Um, we were hitting some really low inventory numbers, uh, historically low. Um, and then, of course, all this happened. We were, I, I was, like, it was going to be an amazing year. And I think it will still be an amazing year once this all shakes out. But we were definitely on a fast track starting March. And I think the two of you are making a really good point, and that is, the analytics and the statistics without the rest of the story don't mean anything. So, yeah, we have yeah. to remember what happened a year ago. March 9th, you know, here we're doing a year-to-year, year-over-year comparison, but maybe March of 19 was not the best year to compare it to. Uh, and March of yeah. 20 certainly had some different uh, things to it, the l- really low rates. And if you remember March of 19 – the rates were still kind of high. That um, in January, I think they were almost pushing five percent, and by March it got a little bit better, and people started buying again. You know, Don, we uh, we we talked off the air about inventory, and I looked it up. The inventory is down seventeen percent compared to what it was this time last year. That's the number of homes for sale, and yet you just quoted the statistic that pendings or the number of buyers going under contract is very similar. And there's a misconception out there because of the global economy, because of the stock market, because of all this volatility, that it translates to housing. And the truth is the data says otherwise. We're still in a seller's market with less than three months supply. We're nearly two months supply of inventory. Um, We went into this crisis with a housing shortage And I believe on the other side of it, there's going to be a lot of spending power that's going to make real estate even stronger. I mean, there's a there's a misnomer out there that all of what's going on is going to mean we're going to have distressed properties back to our market. But with the housing shortage going into the crisis, the lack of increased inventory is only making the market stronger to endure through this. This keeps homeowners in a stronger equity position. And if there is an increase, unlikely, but if there is an increase in distressed property, I think we're going to see those people opt for traditional sales and not need to foreclose or short sale. And then that increased inventory combined with the spending power on the other side of it, it's only going to mean great things for real estate, strong real estate in this market locally. Okay. We have about a minute left. So Jason, I'd like to ask you, what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? Oh, I, I think at the end of the day, Don, is that, um, you know, I think everyone should take away that your local realtors, and it sounds cliche, but, you know, your local realtors are really still here to serve you, to answer your questions and determine honestly whether now is the best time for them to buy or sell. I think that now more than ever, people cannot rely on 
let's say Zillow or some other online site for, for information. They need to know what's happening in your local community. We as realtors that are in our marketplace are honestly here to help you navigate these uh, different waters. All right. Well, I'd like to thank both Jason Ferris and Andy Nazaroff for um, helping out today and giving your take on things. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio. We'll be back again next Saturday. Thank you, everybody.